About four years ago, Scott DeVries, whom many of you know, and I were invited to a meeting um, on the Black Sea in Turkey. And at that meeting were Christian leaders from Iran, Iraq, Egypt, Turkey, um, a couple of us um, from the United States, and then um, also from Bethlehem. And this was an amazing meeting where these leaders came together. It was called a mesferet, or something sort of sounded like that. And it really meant a time of encouragement. It meant we have each other's back. We're not coming together to share statistics or um, anything else. We're coming together to relate to each other and let each other know what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of our churches. And it was an amazing time. And at that meeting, um, I was particularly drawn to a couple men, and one of them was Danny Awad, um, who lives in Bethlehem. His father started the Baraka Presbyterian Church about 50 years ago, and Danny was there, and in God's providence, over the last three or four years, um, three different groups from Orangewood have visited with him there at the Baraka Church in Bethlehem. Um, Jeff has preached there, as he said. Um, great group of folks, but it's a, it's a tough setting there. Um, Danny is there ministering. Um, his father started that church a long time ago, and it's, the times have changed. Um, there are not many Christians left in Palestine, and Danny um, has been faithfully ministering there. We're thrilled that he can be here with us today with Joy, his wife. Joy, if you and Danny would stand up so everybody can see you. Um, there you we welcome you here. Um, Joy lost her grandfather um, a couple weeks ago in the Philippines, and um, she went home, and then a few days ago, she left Manila and went through, I believe, Hong Kong and Bangkok into Amman, Jordan. At the airport there, she met Danny, who had traveled from Bethlehem on quite a um, tour himself, and they got on a plane there to go to Chicago and then to Orlando. So Danny is probably eight time zones away or so, and Joy, I don't know how many time zones away you are, but um, she is um, way far away. Thank you for coming. They left their three daughters there in Bethlehem with Danny's family, and um, we're thrilled to have you here with us um, and worshiping and leading us at Orangewood. I found out at those meetings um, there on the Black Sea that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, he's the only one who can bring men and women who would live under this flag from Iraq or under this flag from Israel or under the United States flag or the Palestinian flag next to it. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that Christ has had for us is the only thing that can unite us together and give us hope. Danny's going to come now. He's going to open God's word um, and preach from it. Danny, thank you very much. That's me again. Uh, it's a great privilege to be with you this morning and uh, to worship with the living stone in Florida here. Um, we'd like to speak from uh, Book of Ruth, Chapter 1. If you turn your Bible to Book of Ruth, Chapter 1.
It is one of my favorite uh, stories in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Especially this family who live in Bethlehem, the, the same town where uh, I came from. Bethlehem is a very small town. We are only um, 35,000 people who live in Bethlehem. Much Muslims and uh, Christians who live there. So it's a very small town, you know. Um, when I went to Disney yesterday with my wife, I saw all the people coming to Disney there. I said, wow, it's like all my people in Bethlehem, they'll be finished. No one live in Bethlehem. If they will come to Disney all the... <laughs> but we have a good time there with Brother John. I called him, John, he's somewhere here. I called him, he's the chosen one. Because he helped us much when we went inside Disney there, where to go. And uh, it was a really great time uh, to spend there. Anyway, I will not speak about Disney, I will speak from the Bible. So, <laughs> let's go back to Ruth chapter 1, um, verse 15 to 17. And uh, this beautiful story that happened in Bethlehem for 5,000 years ago, uh, a famine came to the land. Bethlehem, actually, when who visit Bethlehem, you know, Bethlehem is just near five minutes driving away from Jerusalem. And we know, that we know Jerusalem, it is the center of worship, the living God. And the temple was built there that time um, as what God commanded Moses a long time ago to build the tabernacle when they, went, when they went out of Egypt. They built it in the wilderness. When they entered the land, they built the, uh, the temple there. So it is the house of the Lord. It is the house of worship. It is the house of the living God, the true God. Happened in Bethlehem, a famine came, which is Bethlehem, Bethlehem in Hebrew, which means the house of bread. What happened to the house of bread? There was no bread anymore. There was no food anymore. A famine came and strike this land, this small town, you know, in Bethlehem, when we, uh, we depend, or in the Middle East especially, we depend on rain. And if there was no rain, or the rain was late a little bit, you will see Christians went to, to their churches. You will see Muslims went to their mosque. You will see Jews went to their synagogue. And everyone started praying to their gods. Please, God, send us rain. Please, God, send us rain. Because we know if we don't have rain... Next year, we're going to have a big problem. We're going to have famine in the land. We didn't have sea. We have the Dead Sea. Uh, so it's dead. <laughs> There's no life there. Uh, so we depend much on the rain. Just imagine, if you don't have rain, what will happen? But in this story, something happened. If we go back with just one uh, chapter... Uh, one book, the book of Judges, what happened there, the last chapter, the last two verses, it, it will tell us why the famine came to Bethlehem, because the people there, they turned their back to God, and they commit sin. They start to look to their physical needs instead to look to their spiritual needs. They start to look to, to their daily life, what we want to eat and how we want to store food for next year or two years more, and ignoring God's word. And the result, what happened? A famine came to the land. It is indeed, it's not just a, a, a physical famine, but it was even a spiritual famine that strike the land. 
And even in this time, Bethlehem, or the land, some people, they call it the holy land, which I don't like this term because it's not holy. The holy, which I believe we are now in the holy ground here in Philadelphia, in, uh, uh, where we are? in Florida. I want to say Philadelphia, in, in Florida. We are, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, we, we are in the holy ground. When we are Christians from all nations coming together, worshiping the true God, the living God, we are in the holy ground. And this is the holy land. Bethlehem is not anymore a holy land. People, they are away from God. Very few Christians who live there. When I speak even about the Christians, very few evangelicals there. Believe me, if we are 300 now or 200, how, how many members here? The all churches, the evangelical churches in Bethlehem, we are not more than 150. We are 150, not 1,000. I hope it will be 1,000. <laughs> 150. So this is very small very small community, and many people, they start to emigrate and live in Bethlehem, seeking for their physical needs. Let me say from my experience, I lost, we lost many members in my church. We have almost 130 members here in the U.S. here. We have three, Joy, three or four families? I think three families here in Orlando, Florida, from my church. Just last December, another family they left Bethlehem and they emigrated to the U.S. Because of the situation there. There is no jobs. There is no work. There is no hope when you want to preach about hope in a hopeless situation. When you want to preach about uh, peace, people, they don't experience the peace in their daily life or security. But in spite of all these things, we should remember, brothers and sisters, that Jesus, when he lived in Palestine, and he was moving from village to village, from town to town. He was preaching God's kingdom, and he was teaching the Jews about God's kingdom. And suddenly, he turned his face from the people there, and he looked to the disciples, and he told them, you are the salt of the earth. And then he told them, you are the light. In spite of the difficulties that we, need, that we face it, in the Middle East, or here in Orlando, Florida. The, the, uh, I think Katrina went hit two years ago. Uh, the typhoon and the floods. Everywhere there is a big disaster. Wherever we are, brothers and sisters, we were asked from God to be a good light and a good salt in our land. When I preach in the church in Bethlehem, I try to, show, I try to preach for them the hope in the hopeless situation. I try to encourage them to stay in the land. But from inside, I know how much suffering to stay in the land, which I can't. I, I experienced this. You know, four years ago, we were here in the U.S. with my wife and my three kids. They experienced many things here. They enjoy it. We stay almost four weeks. And they enjoy chicken cheese. So do I. <laughs> But in the way, anyway, when we're in the airport coming back to Bethlehem, uh, one of my kids, her name is Grace, she came to me and she wanted to cry. She told me, Daddy, I don't want to go back to the siege. As a father, when I looked to her, to my children, I want to cry. 
I thought I'm making my children guilty because I am ministering in Bethlehem and serving. It's like I'm forcing them to stay with me in Bethlehem, which is really very hard, you know. Just you'll be, imagine, KFC will be open next week in Bethlehem. <laughs> and that's make a little bit, you know, it's make ice breaking for my children to go to eat there a little bit, you know. They don't have things there. But I know one thing, when Jesus asked us to be a good light and good salt, when he turned his back from the people, he looked to the disciples, he told them, you are the salt of the earth, we need to be a good salt in the land, no matter how difficult and how hard it is our land is. What happened in Book of Ruth, famine strike the land of Bethlehem. There was a famine, physical uh, famine and spiritual famine in Bethlehem. But even though in this situation, God wants us to be a good salt and a good light for our people in Bethlehem. And even here in Florida, with our neighbors, with our friends, with our community, we need to show Christ to them. Our task is not just to be a missionary overseas. We need to be a missionary for our people, for our neighbors, for my family, for your family. And that's what Book of Ruth is telling us about. When the strike came, when the famine came to Bethlehem, this family, they went, they emigrated to, to Moab, which is called now Jordan. They crossed the river, they went to Jordan. Just imagine this. Bethlehem in Hebrew, Bethlehem, it is the house of bread. That's what it means. Which is the house of food. Which is near Jerusalem, where the presence of God, where the temple of God is built. Where people, they go and worship the living God. And here this family, because of this difficult situation... Because of the famine in what happened in Bethlehem, they want to emigrate going to Moab or to Jordan. But what happened there? Just imagine this in our daily life. When we face problems, when we face challenges or difficulties, when we face war or flood, or what happened this young man who went inside the school and started shooting in uh, which state happened we hear it in the news and then we ask ourselves or we ask God God where are you are you silent God are you away from us God in my country we ask this question many times when we face a war or difficulties or problems or we lost someone you know we ask God where are you it's like God he's silent he's away from us but we need to remember when the famine came to Bethlehem, it is because in the book of Judges, the last chapter, the last two verses in the last chapter of that book, it tells us why the famine came to Bethlehem. Because the people, they turned their back to God. And the result, God struck that land with famine. It was physical famine, it was a spiritual famine. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, Sometimes we need to go to God's arm and to cry in his arms. We need to cry sometimes in God's arm. If you love someone and you trust that someone, when you face a difficulties, you will go and hug him and then you will cry. Why you cry in his shoulder? Because you trust him. It is the same thing with us. We need to go to God to hug him and to cry in his shoulder. And tell him, God, please, remember us. Remember us. 
dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, we are not worshiping a dead God. We are not worshiping a dead God or a God that made from stone or from wood. When you go to Bethlehem, we have the Nativity Church. And inside it, there is another eight churches inside that big, huge building. And the funny thing of that church, each one you know, is from for different group of churches. And each one proclaiming that Christ was born this spot and on that spot. And in, and in every January uh, 25, we have something, not we, they have something. They called it cleaning the church. Cleaning the church. So what they mean about it, cleaning the church, all the priests of that churches, they will join together starting cleaning the church. But you know, every year, you can see it in the YouTube, every year when they start cleaning the church, the place where they said that Jesus was born, they start fighting with each other. Two years ago, the police, they cannot go inside to put them apart, to sit them apart, they throw tear gas inside the church. The police, they were thinking how we need to avoid this kind of conflict between the church leaders. So you know what they did? The police, they are the one who join with the priest to clean the church and nothing happened. It was very silent. It's, but it's very shameful. And leaders who need to proclaim the good news to the lost one, they are giving bad example to the people in Bethlehem. After the famine strike Bethlehem, this family that's mentioned here in chapter 1, from Book of Ruth, the father and his two sons and his, and, their, and his wife, they decided to emigrate to Jordan. And that's what they did. But the beautiful thing in the story, which I mentioned it, while ago, that we need to cry to God, we need to hug God and cry in his shoulder that God remembered Bethlehem. He remembered Bethlehem. And that's made me to remember even in the book of Moses, in the book of Exodus especially, when the Israelites, they were in, in, uh, in Egypt, they were under slavery there. What happened there that God have seen the Israelites' people, how they live. And he remembered them, and he visited them. And that's what happened on that time in Bethlehem. God remembered Bethlehem. And the story tells us after years ago, when this family emigrated to, to Moab, which is Jordan, and later on, the father died, and his uh, two sons, they, they get married with other Gentiles lady. And that's for the Israelites, you are breaking the law. You are not only leaving Bethlehem, the house of bread, going to a strange land, to a foreign land, who are worshiping another God, even though you marry a strange two ladies for their sons. But the beautiful thing in the story even, which I call it, is a mission to a foreign land. And at the same time, it's a mission to my household. Many times in the church we try to be holy. But when you go inside the houses, we are away from the love of God. We are showing different examples. The nice thing in this story, there's something else that I would like to mention about it. You know, the relation 
between the, between the mother and the mother-in-law is something strange. I came from the Middle East, which we can see a big problem between the mother and the mother-in-law. You know, here in the U.S., it's, it's a big country here. Uh, if your son, if you live in, the, in, in uh, Florida, maybe your son, he lives uh, away half an hour from you or two hours from you. But in my country, it's only five minutes you can move around all Bethlehem. You know, and the... Sometimes when the mother, she cooks something, or the mother-in-law, she says, ah, you're, you, the food of your mother is not nice, you know, or something. And then we'll have a big fighting between the mother and the mother-in-law. It's, it's a big issue. I don't know if you have it here in the U.S. But here in this story, 4,000 years ago, a beautiful picture of a, of a beautiful family of a mother-in-law who was teaching her two sisters-in-law about the true God, about the living God, about the God of Israel, about the God who uh, delivered the Israelites from Egypt, about the God who made the miracles, about the living true God. I am sure, Naomi, after they, uh, before they eat the lunch or the dinner or breakfast, let's put the food and let's pray together. I am sure she was sharing the good news with her two sisters-in-law. They were not arguing about the food. It's more salt, little bit salt, it's... I know, I, I know what I'll say, but they were speaking about the goodness of God. They were speaking about the true living God. Amen. The result came after the father passed away and the two children of that family they passed away. As I mentioned, God remembered Bethlehem. God remembered Bethlehem. Did you ever experience Something that God remembered you in a difficult situation? Did you ever experience something that God remembered you? And he encouraged you and he lifted you up? In a time when you were very weak? When you cannot do nothing? Just like when Peter, when he saw Jesus and he told him, If you are Jesus, command me. To come and to walk in the sea. Well, Peter, he did it. Many times, all, many preachers, they like to speak about Peter when he starts shouting at the Lord. But I never hear a sermon speaking about Peter when he walked two steps in the water. The first two steps, you know. It was a great encouragement from Peter. He, he, he was very strong. He walked two steps in, in the water. And he went. But even though he saw all the big waves around him. But he shouted to Jesus. He did not shout to the other disciples. He did not shout to the, uh, to the other disciples. Come and save me. Come and help me. His eyes. His mind. His heart. His soul. He were looking only to Jesus. Jesus come and save me. And God in Bethlehem, he remembered Bethlehem. And when he remembered Bethlehem, the mother-in-law decided to go back to Bethlehem because she has thirsty to worship the living God. She wants to worship the true God in Bethlehem. I am fed up to live in a foreign country. I am fed up to live with strange people. I am fed up to be with other gods. I want to be with the living God, with my people. And that's what she did, Naomi. The mother-in-law, she went to Bethlehem. But the mission started in that particular trip. 
When the two sisters-in-law, they were they following her mother-in-law. It's strange. Mother-in-law and sister-in-law. <laughs> it's, re- it's, re- it's, re- it's really strange. This kind of relation, you know, and uh, it's a big issue in, uh, in the Middle East. I like to speak about the Middle East, not about Florida. Man. So to <laughs> um, anyway, we'll go back to our sermon. When she went back, the two sister-in-law, wrote, uh, Naomi, she told them, go back. Go back to your people. Go back even to your gods. Even she blessed them and she told them, if you want to get married again, you can get married again. If you want to stay with me, what? I can bring children for you and you will wait for my children to grow and you will marry them again. No, just go back to your nation. Go back to your people and get married there again. But here, a godly woman came out. A godly woman came out. You know, from book of Genesis to book of Revelation, if you want to study who was the godly people, they were working very hard in the ministry. They were women. The men, when, when they crucified Jesus, all the men, they ran away. And Peter, he killed the knife. I will fight with you, Jesus. Where are you? He was hiding somewhere. And the women, they were down in the, in the cross crying. They show their faith. They show their submission to the King of kings and Lord of lords. In that time, all the men, they escaped away. But Ruth told her something very special. If you turn your Bible to book of Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 But Ruth said, do not argue me to leave you or to, or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Well, that's beautiful. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Wherever you live, I will live. But Ruth, she did not say only that and she stopped. Ruth, she continued and she mentioned something very unique. She started now to speak about not just following her mother-in-law and to go back to Bethlehem and to stay with her in Bethlehem, but she was saying something very unique What she said here, and your God will be, what? My God. And your God will be my God. And here we are having this capital letter. She's not speaking about the gods of the Moabite people. She's not speaking about the gods of the Egyptians. She's not speaking about any gods. She's speaking about the true living God. And that's what we need to understand today, brothers and sisters in the Lord. For this mother-in-law, she was making a mission for her household. She was teaching them. She was telling them about Christ, about God, about His ministry, about His mercy, about His goodness. And that's what makes the change in the life of this godly lady, which we called it Ruth. Amazing work from the mother-in-law to her sister-in-law, to her daughter-in-law. It's really something very unique. And your God will be my God. My question to you, for you this morning, 
and for me, who is your God? And who is my God? Who is your God? And who is my God? We are called, we are worshiping the true God. We have only one God that we worship. We have the same spirit that dwell on us and strengthen us and empower us. We have the same son, Jesus Christ, who died in the cross for our sin. We have the same God. So we are called the church, even though we are from Bethlehem or from Florida or from wherever we are. We are the true living church that Christ shed his blood on the cross for my sin and for your sin. This lady, Ruth, because she honored God, God, he honored her, honored her. And brothers and sisters, when we honor God in our daily life, God will honor us. He will never forsake us alone. If my father forsake me, my mother or my wife or my children or even my pastor or my friend, they forsake us, they lift us alone. There is only one person in the whole world. He will never forsake us alone because he said in Gospel of John that you are in my hand and no one will take you away from my hand. And that's what happened with Ruth. If you want to know more about Ruth, don't read her book in the Old Testament. Open Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, and you will find her name over there when they speak about the generation of Jesus Christ. See how God, he honored her? And that's how God will honor us if we obey his command. They went to Jordan, to, to Moab there. They went away, 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 far away. From the house of the Lord. But this family, they received disaster after disaster. Disaster after disaster. Because they are away from the house of the Lord. But when the Lord came and remembered Bethlehem, the mother-in-law, she kept the faith. And no matter where you are, no matter where we stand, and as the book of Psalms says, if we walk in the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. Because you will prepare in front of me, what? A table. What kind of table? You know what kind of table? It's a table. It's full of food. And you will sit and enjoy eating that food. And your enemies all, they will be around you. And no one can harm you. If we hold in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be a good salt and a good light. As I mentioned, no need to be a missionary overseas, but we can be a missionary for my family inside the house. I can be a missionary for my neighbor. Why you want, sometimes I ask this question, why you want to go and preach the gospel and ride in the airplane thousands of miles and I don't preach the gospel for my family? And for my neighbor. And to have a godly community. For the sake of Christ. I encourage you brothers and sisters in the Lord. To remember your brothers and sisters in Bethlehem. Who is under persecution. Who live under captivity there. Who live under occupation there. Who live behind the siege there. 
And to remember, I'm not saying just remember the Palestinian side, but even to remember the Christian side in, in Israel too, or wherever they are, because we have the same Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we have the same Savior who died in the cross for you and for me. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, for your love to us, for your grace to us. Because you are Almighty God. You are a living God. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord God Almighty, we come to your presence. And we thank you for this story. For Ruth, how she submit her life to worship you and to worship the true living God. Please help us, Lord Almighty, to worship the living God in our daily life, in every second that we live on it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.